mashed potato, do the candy yam, do the funky turkey, cause it's time to jam. If you don't wanna dance, baby, that's all right. Do some non-stop shopping, work up an appetite. Make it Thanksgiving one more meal, cause the more you eat, the more grateful you are gonna feel. Welcome to the Advent Calendar House's season finale of our countdown to Christmas in July, and what better way to celebrate the end of fake Christmas than with the unofficial start of the holiday shopping season. We are badly dancing back to 1989 to finish our Garfield holiday trilogy with Garfield's Thanksgiving. I am ten minutes into a diet and have already lost my sense of humor, Mike Westfall, And joining me is Motivational Electronic Talking Scale that's also a film enthusiast. Please welcome back Jeff Summagy. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Mike. May I call you Mike? Is that all right? (laughs) Better than Orson Welles. Okay. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, You said uh, a few things that I wanted to address. So this is the season finale of the countdown to before... (laughs) The calendar, I I missed I missed a little. So like, is this the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end? And am I going to end this for uh, you? This this is the finale of my third season that I split up half in December and half of July. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. And then a new season will start in December. Okay, so how are they going to sell that on iTunes? Is it going to be like season two, part A and B? Yeah, you ever run into that where like all of a sudden you thought you were watching one season, but then you have to buy two seasons on? Well, I guess no one buys. Yeah, this no one is, buys things anymore. This is a free podcast. Don't threaten me with doing extra work for Patreon. <laughs> No, never, never do extra work no. for Patreon. The diminishing returns at that point. <laughs> people do. People are great. They're very supportive. I love all of my Patreons. Uh, they just don't need to send me money right now. It's it's hard times for all of us. Yeah. Save save your money, <laughs> and let me save my work on Patreon. Yeah. Second thing I wanted to address. You said that this is the end of the Garfield trilogy. Um, or at least the main holiday episodes. Is this truly the last in the trilogy, or have we been doing them? Because this is my third Garfield special with you. This is the third of uh, chronologically. So Halloween was actually first in 1985, and then Christmas was 87. This one came out in 1989. Wow. So two years between each. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a pretty uh, long production time. Uh, so they had two years between Christmas and this Thanksgiving one. How did they not write a better script? I'm sorry, I did not enjoy this one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they not to not to jump into it. No, but it's okay. Let's jump into it. it. The reason is because. This was made during the run of Garfield and Friends on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. So this definitely feels like it ha- it's on a Saturday morning cartoon budget and not a once-a-year animated special budget. Okay, that makes more sense, especially because there was a cameo by Orson of <laughs> U.S. Acres in the vet scene. So I, I Oh, I'm glad of- you caught that. Oh, man, I can spot an Orson from, from miles away. Uh, <laughs> anytime you put a U.S. Acres 
character in something, I can tell you when and where it is. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> this is the only time there's been a cameo. That's not true. Orson actually appeared on the TV screen in uh, the Halloween special, I believe. Yes, They're he flipping. did. Very yeah. quickly. See, I'm telling you, I could spot a, a U.S. Acres cameo from a mile away. Uh, so that makes sense then. Uh, also, you know, you, you tend to know a lot more about the history and backstory of these things. Is this really just a loose adaptation of a series of comic strips in the daily newspaper that ran around Thanksgiving that they decided, like, let's just film that or I guess animate that, you know, just film it. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's just film that. Like, how did this come to be? No, usually with these specials, mm. for the most part, uh, Jim Davis did it the other way around, where they were at the special and then made a mm. series of comics out of that. I think that's how this went down. Because uh, mm. this really feels like, oh, well, we had two months worth of strips leading up to Thanksgiving with these gags. Let's just translate that into animation this one's all over the place my first question for you is i don't know how much pr material or press material you read about this you may already know what the elevator pitch is but could you throw me the elevator pitch for this episode oh uh well uh john gaslights his veterinarian into coming to thanksgiving dinner with him on a date (laughs) hmm I don't know if gaslight's the right verb, but it's very, ooh, we'll get oh, there. Yeah. We'll get there. But <laughs> you're right. Yes, this, we'll get to every gross, super uh, gross, uh, toxic masculinity moment of all of this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. But this definitely yeah. has more of a Saturday morning pace to it than a primetime special pace. One thing that's different, only has two songs in it. Yeah. And, and Lou Rawls is only in one. Mm-hmm. And it's not the best Lou Rawls. I mean, the the key line that we hear him sing is, quote, the more you eat, the more thankful you feel. <laughs> and I love Lou Rawls. Not even he could make that the soulful ballad that I think everyone <laughs> thought he was going to be able to do. And I just want I just want. I, I wish they would have filmed him recording this and he just would look at the camera and be like, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> well, it's definitely got that wry Garfield humor to it because it's supposed to be Garfield imagining himself singing in a Lou Rawls voice. I think it's what we decided when we were talking about Halloween. Yeah. But it starts out great. It's got that dude of mashed potato do the candy jam. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, I just, I don't know. There was something so, because the song doesn't start until after the whole waking John up for breakfast business that goes on, which I found very lackluster. There was nothing, I don't know, normally I find yeah. Garfield's antics delightful, but it just seemed extra hyper violent or there is like <laughs> extra threat this 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 whole episode was full of extra threat for me there was a lot of uh threats of violence uh about to be violence that was cut off and i, I don't know it, it was it was somewhat off-putting so it, it, like for for garfield to to wake john up it wasn't even funny it just seemed more 
threatening. <laughs> well, he tried the nice way. It was very uncharacteristic of him to very calmly ask John, please mm-hmm. make him breakfast, and then he'll gladly let him go back to sleep. And Good morning, John. Sorry to disturb you. I know you have a busy social calendar, but if you will be so kind as to go to the kitchen and fix me a huge breakfast, I will allow you to come back to bed and finish your sleep. John turns over, knocking Garfield on the floor, and that's when he resorts to a more typical for him wake-up call, but it's more of a, it's Drill Sergeant Garfield. Rise and shine, John Arbuckle. It's time to serve your nation as you serve your fellow man. Yes, it's time to serve him pancakes. Pancakes the size of Australia. Yeah, with the, but then see Odie joins in, which is atypical as well. Very atypical. There's something just off right from the beginning about this, and maybe... It was around the time where Garfield said, quote, time to abuse the dog. Yeah. And I, I was like, I'm not going to like this episode very much. I mean, there's always like, you know, Garfield kicks Odie off of a table. and We yeah. all have a good laugh. But the fact that he put too fine a point on it where he literally turns to us and says time to abuse the dog and dog abuse may have played in 1989. But it's it's 2020. We're we're not down for that. It's not funny anymore when you announce it. <laughs> right. See, dog abuse is only funny when it's a surprise. What's well, what's extra strange is Garfield usually starts from the get-go doing something terrible to Odie. Here, Odie's in on the waking up John with the symbols. Yeah. Let's see how long that lasts. Oh, 30 seconds later, he's announcing it's time to abuse the dog. Yeah. Yeah. They have a very tenuous uh, detente going on. <laughs> it could be broken the drop of a hat. Yep. The only thing that stops Garfield from kicking Odie off the table this time is looking at the calendar, find a note from John to take Garfield to the vet. Going to the vet the day before Thanksgiving. Is that even a day? I mean, I guess I've I've never gone to the vet on the day before Thanksgiving. It just seems yeah, it seems weird. See, and that's the other thing about this. Like Garfield, it sets it up so that the key joke here is that Garfield rips the day off of the calendar, and you think that's going to be the MacGuffin. Like it's going to set off a a comedy chain of events in which John thinks today is Thanksgiving. Yeah. uh, but that just falls flat. Garfield rips the thing off, shows John the calendar, and he's like, oh, yeah, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. So all of that was for nothing. But it also looks like John wrote Thanksgiving on the calendar himself. Most calendars come with Thanksgiving already written on there. Most so of them. Right off the bat, I was out of the realism <laughs> of this episode as well. <laughs> But I like that Garfield describes Thanksgiving as the day people celebrate having food by eating as much of it as possible. And that's a little on the nose, but he's not wrong. No, no, he is. He is right. I, I mean, using classic Garfield, uh, you know, bald facedness, he uh, really just skewers the heart with uh, of the matter with his sarcastic barbs. <laughs> Up until this, I don't know if you know, but we were all eating Thanksgiving meals uh, sincerely uh, and and really with thanks. It wasn't to overeat. It wasn't until Garfield came along and told us uh, that. that, Yeah. (laughs) That was. Yes. 
I guess I guess I'm vamping a lot about this opening because I really don't want to get to the next segment. Yeah, well, we got to get there eventually. I don't want to trash this whole special completely. Parts of it are delightful. Uh, and it's a solid bronze medal winner out of the three holiday specials. <laughs> sure. And it was nominated for an Emmy. Really? Yeah, and it lost to some new show called The Simpsons. Yeah, uh, it's I, I I will very rarely uh, back up The Simpsons, uh, but I, that was that was correct. That was the correct <laughs> choice for the Emmys. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna later have to ask you to enumerate the wonderful and sweet moments that occur during this, uh, especially after we then arrive at the vet's office. And John becomes a super creep to Liz, uh, asking her out, asking her out. She keeps saying, please call me doctor. Yeah. Uh, don't call me by my first name. Uh, he then decides to hold his breath until she decides to go out with him. And she does. She He holds his breath, passes out. She caves and says, I will go out with you. I will eat Thanksgiving dinner at your house. This is gross. Yeah. Hey, y'all, don't do that, please. Yeah, right. Like, if a lady says no, no thank you, just uh, that's it. Uh, there you go. And he said it in like a pouty. I'm just going to hold my breath until you say you go well with me. Oh, my God. It was so gross. Jeff, what's the dumbest thing you've done to get a date? Oh, uh, gone online. <laughs> <laughs> and, and met someone who would later become my wife. Hey! So, I guess that works out. What about you? But that was a mutual choice. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, she, she wasn't expecting people to come on to her on Friendster. <laughs> The dumbest thing I've done to get a date was I left a letter on a girl's car before. Mm. Uh, that did not work. Do not recommend. Did uh, you leave it on the wrong car? No, I left it on the right car. I had to find her car, but I knew which car was hers. So how much observation did you have to put in to discover which car was hers? No, I, I had been in her car oh, before. Okay. But yeah, she had driven me places because... My car was awful and I didn't bring it to college. Sure. But we're good friends now, so thankfully I didn't go full creep and threaten to hold my breath. Yeah. My friend probably would have grabbed some popcorn if I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the e even worse than John's behavior in this scene, trying to get her to go out, is the fact that she then caves uh, and does go out with him. Like do better for yourself girl like yeah she should just like great you passed out i'm gonna go home and have thanksgiving on my own also who invites someone on a date on thanksgiving and who accepts a date to a thanksgiving dinner it's just weird and gross yeah well clearly she was gonna have thanksgiving alone is the gist i'm getting after the fact i guess but i mean just imagine someone's like you you loathe someone. You're going to have Thanksgiving alone and you loathe someone. And they say, why don't you come over to dinner at my place? Having to spend hours with a super creep like John versus a quiet night in with maybe a microwave Thanksgiving meal. I 
it's still a very weird choice to yeah. make. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick the quiet microwave meal too now that I think about it. Right? Liz's uh, reasoning for finally giving in is saying she, she admits she can't stand to see a dumb animal suffer and she's not talking about the cat. Yeah. Which, I mean, isn't 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 great. It's no. not even a great joke. It's not, I don't know. No, this I, worked because a dude wrote it like that. Don't try this at home or anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially the point that we get around to, right? Is like it works and the lady falls in love with the doofus dude because a doofus dude wrote the script uh, <laughs> that they then recorded. That's but I, I honestly don't know how anyone could have seen the script and be like, this is okay. Uh, I don't know. In 1989, things things were just a different different atmosphere. I it suppose. was a different time. Yeah, especially different times with a series of running fat jokes throughout this oh, episode yeah. as well, uh, and m- most of them at Orson Welles's. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's jump to that. Well, okay, the reason. There's even an Orson Welles jokes coming from a scale is because Liz puts Garfield on a diet. John's so excited about his holding his breath actually working. He almost leaves without his cat Mm. who has passed out from shock upon hearing he's getting put on a diet. First of all, before they went to the vet, they went food shopping. When we cut to John arriving back home, he's carrying his groceries in from earlier. Dude went grocery shopping before a veterinary appointment. After waiting who knows how long in that crowded waiting room. Yeah. It wasn't just a woman with not Orson the pig. There were a bunch of other people with pets that had matching glasses as them. Yeah. Um, I saw milk in one of those bags, John. That was sitting out in the car. I know it's November, but he was not wearing a jacket. Mm, true. We also, I, I think that's the first inkling that he is a man-child who does not know how to cook. But he's, see, he's a bachelor, and the the comic strips always showed yeah. him cooking and never really making jokes about him being a bad cook. Uh, but this episode really leans into that. So maybe that's a subtle part of that, where it's like, this guy's so dumb he doesn't even know that he needs to refrigerate milk or eggs. And long story short, everyone who ate this dinner is probably getting salmonella. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Garfield weighs himself using the new RX2 talking scale, who is my favorite character in this special. <laughs> that is that is damning this show with straight praise <laughs> my friend if if in a garfield special your favorite character is the scale the scale with the fat shaming jokes well yeah. that's probably not true second favorite but mm. we'll get to the other one later but i'm just glad that this cartoon finally someone had the balls can i say balls on your podcast sure. had the balls <laughs> to take down orson wells being fat that's right in 1989 a couple years after he died, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They finally take Mr. Wells to task for being fat. 1985, so it wasn't like the body was still warm, but... He's still, like... Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I can tell you your weight, your fortune, or just about anything else you would like to know. Okay, smarty pants, what's my name? Judging by your weight, you are Orson Wells. Great. A voice chip with a cruel streak. May I have your autograph, please? 
Uh, and it keeps going from there. It's like, may I have your autograph, please? I've seen Citizen Kane eight times until mm-hmm. Garfield finally has enough and stomps on the scale until it breaks. And it drones in a low battery voice, Rosebud. Yeah. That part was funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you expected, because uh, you know I love Garfield. I know you expected me to be all in. I just, I'm not, I'm not no, in I on know. this one I, for no, some You had told I, me back at Christmas that this was your third right. favorite of the three holiday specials, and I agree yeah. with you. Okay, good. Yeah. That was, that was close. All the sweet parts are grandma. That's it. Grandma <laughs> saves this special from being a complete disaster. Oh, see, I found grandma's appearance. Okay, so just quickly, John, being peak male hubris, throws vegetables in a pot and adds water and says it's done. Says, like, what are mom and grandma always complaining about? Cooking is easy. He blunders through, knowing full well that others will cover his ass. Uh, And it all goes pear-shaped, and so they have to call grandma in. And so grandma sneaks in, cooks, leaves, and you were concerned that Liz was going to have Thanksgiving on her own. What about grandma? Grandma is probably off having Thanksgiving on her own. She just stopped by to cook a full dinner that she's not even going to get to enjoy, and then she leaves – and I found that super sad. No, she lives with mom and dad on the farm. So she drove all the way here away from mom and dad on the farm. Does she live with them by that point? I thought she was just visiting at, at Christmas. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I assumed so, but. Maybe. I mean, her letters were in the barn. Maybe she yeah. lives in the barn. Maybe. Yeah, it was probably the family farm. Oh, all right. See, I never thought she lived there. So that's a trip, as we learned in the Christmas special. So she takes a very long motorcycle ride to cook dinner for someone who will never even say thank you to her face about this and then sneaks out. I just I, I found it I found it very sad and off putting. To be fair, it was not a very long motorcycle. Well, I mean, yes, if you're judging by the way John drives, it's a very long ride. If you're mm. judging by the way Grandma drives, she's there as soon as John hangs up the phone. That's the game. Yeah. I mean, um, we know it's far enough along away that they can sing da- sing that, uh, you know, dad would chop down the tree <laughs> yeah. chores. So it's at least that long. Yeah. Uh, all right. Just felt bad. I felt bad for grandma. I will say that it's good that they got Pat Carroll back. Have cooking utensils will travel. <laughs> well, what are you just standing there for, boy? Get in there and spark your young lady friend and leave the kitchen to grandma. Shoo, shoo. Yeah, as the voice of grandma. But I'm forced to concede that this is her second greatest vocal performance of November 1989. Her first being? A Little Mermaid came out November 13th. Oh, wow. I forget that that's the same voice actress. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Nine that's days a- later, Pat Carroll switches from evil witch of the ocean <laughs> to savior of John's Thanksgiving. I don't know. Grandma in this one was okay. I guess maybe I'm holding it against her that she didn't like play the piano or go be doop, be doop, be doop, which, you know, peak grandma. Yes. Doesn't happen in this one. No, it's not peak grandma, but. Yeah. While we're talking about voices, the only one that I'm going to bring up that I don't think we talked about enough. Well, Liz, this is our first time seeing Liz in this special. Uh, That's Julie Payne, who I mentioned was also the voice of John's mother. Because, of course, John goes after a woman that reminds him mm. of his mother. 
But um Oh boy. Wow. I think Julie Payne is still the voice of Liz in the newer Garfield show. What? I love when that happens. Kind of yeah. like how Magil Barrett was the voice of the computer uh, in all seasons of Star Trek until she passed away. Mm-hmm. So she was like the voice through, I think, Enterprise, if oh, I'm wow. not mistaken. Wow. Yeah. And maybe even some of the movies that came out after. Uh, but we probably know Julie Payne better as Larry David's mother-in-law in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Really? Yes. It's her. Huh. Uh, but she was also the voice of another cartoon doctor, Dr. Inkodatu, who was the subject of the other animated segment on the Tracy Ullman show. I, wow. Yeah, I don't there were even two. Re- no one remembers this. I no. found it looking up. I'm like, there was another one that wasn't The Simpsons? What? What was it? It was... She was some sort of doctor or therapist, and I don't know. The humor was just over my head even now, mm. and that's why no one remembers it. Maybe maybe that's why I don't like Garfield Thanksgiving, because the humor might be over my head. Maybe that's <laughs> it. Maybe that's why I didn't find it very funny. Is that is that the case? No, maybe. It, a lot of it just, this doesn't hold up. Um, grandma is the closest thing that, that saves this. I had the best segue. I'm sorry. No, do it. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of holding up, let's talk about sock garters in the dressing <laughs> montage before yes. Liz shows up. John is going in and out of the closet, putting clothes on. And I'm not even sure in 1989 that sock garters were a thing. There's probably a lot of children listening to this podcast right now that don't even know what sock garters are. So probably some adults who don't right i mean it it's not just for uh women during sexy lingerie time guys <laughs> had to used to wear them too because socks didn't used to have elastic in them so you need these bands that went above your calves that had little locks to hold your socks up and john comes out in that and i just thought wow in 1989 were kids looking at that and being as confused as a kid today would be or was was 1989 still peak sock garter time? I don't think it was, but I oh, right. I don't know. Right. Like, I certainly didn't notice it as a kid. I noticed it now, and I'm glad mm. you mentioned it, because I had a note here. <laughs> I think for when we were kids, it was always shorthand for you're not wearing pants. Yeah. Because for some reason, a cartoon character not wearing pants needs to be extra sold to kids with more shorthand of sock garters. And yeah. I don't know I don't know why that was a thing and why that continued to be a thing into 1989. But there it is, sock garters. I just wanted to point them out. Always sock garters, always polka dot boxer shorts. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I should buy polka dot boxer shorts and sock garters just in case <laughs> I ever want to convey to someone that I'm not wearing pants. There you go. That's the, the universal symbol. Uh, still an improvement over disco john and popeye yeah popeye was weird uh even weirder the gorilla not a gorilla suit just a gorilla comes out of the the closet there for a second this was around the time where i took the note that i just wrote there are no jokes in this (laughs) 
<laughs> and I, it's just it's just images. It's just like, why does he come out as Popeye? Is this is this a joke? It's it's a comic it, strip joke. I guess it's an anti joke. It's yeah. a thing of like. I don't know. Before we were saying this is so random. It was so random, but it, I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't play for me again. We do get a joke here that Garfield finally tells him, "Why don't you just try dressing as yourself?" And John says, "I know. I'll try dressing as myself." And that's confirmation that John can't hear Garfield. Mm. Oh, that's what I forgot to mention. The scale can hear Garfield because it asks yes. him that question. Yeah. Yeah, who can hear Garfield and when? It seems pretty convenient that characters can and cannot hear Garfield, almost as if that's the crux of the entire joke of Garfield. (laughs) But I just wanted to point it out. Very strange, but the scale definitely does, because it asks, how would you like to have your battery removed? I wouldn't like that, Mr. Wells. (laughs) Once again, skewering, skewering Orson Wells some more. Yep. Garfield and friends will return after these messages. Garfield, I need your help. Hmm, that goes without saying. We have to tell cats out there about new Alpo cat food. Hey, cat food is for the unimaginative. Imagine this. Alpo cat food so full of nutritious proteins, every serving's like a balanced seven-course meal. And the taste. I'll be the judge of that. So, Garfield... What would you tell cats about Alpo? Two. Demand seconds. New Alpo cat food. Canned and dry varieties. Tested and Mm. approved. And now back to Garfield and Friends. Uh, I also wrote, John doesn't seem fun. I I used to think that he was a dip, but a fun, fun dip. Or lickamade, as they used to say. <laughs> but this, there was that whole segment where he starts to mansplain Thanksgiving to Liz while Grandma is making dinner yes. in the other room. I I was on the fences. Is this really mansplaining, or is it more like dad splaining? Mm. I mean, when he first starts talking about just Thanksgiving, like American Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah. That's, Definitely, like she knows. She she read. She went to the same schools you did. She had the same lessons you did. Yeah. It moves into dad explaining when it's like, and you know, in other countries they call it ah uh, or whatever. Absolutely. Dad explaining is more good natured and long winded. One of my kids will ask me a random question like, "Why are our eyes blue?" And then mm. I catch myself starting to explain genetics to a seven-year-old, which ends up turning sure. into everyone with blue eyes has a common ancestor who lived 10,000 mm. years ago. <laughs> and their name was, you should add that next time. Oh, dear. Just throw in a name. <laughs> and then the thing is, that's one of those facts that you'll tell your kid uh, and then they won't realize it's a joke until they tell one of their friends in college and that friend is like, wait, what are you talking about? And and then their whole their whole childhood will unravel in front of their eyes, realize that like a joke has been taken so seriously for so long. And those are the best. Those are the best I moments you have in college. Like Calvin's dad from Calvin and Hobbes. Right. The world was in black and white until about 1957. <laughs> the sun sets in Flagstaff, Arizona. <laughs> uh, but John does it here with... 
Interestingly enough, it was Abraham Lincoln who officially proclaimed the last Thursday in November as Thanksgiving in 1863, you see. Now, get this. In Canada, they celebrate Thanksgiving too, but it's not on the fourth Thursday of November. They celebrate it on the second Monday in October. Isn't that wild? I had no idea. So as a dad splainer, were you taking notes to be like, next Thanksgiving? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. This is the first TV appearance, I think, of goofy, inadept John. I feel like, mm. especially if you only watch this Christmas and Halloween, John seems like a common and adult in the other two. Yeah. yeah. So if yeah, you, for sure. If those three are your only basis for Garfield, this comes out of nowhere. Is he just mm-hmm. giddy because there's a woman in his house? Mm. I, it starts way before that, I feel. Well, does it, though? No, I guess it. I guess that is when he makes the change to being completely irrational, dippy, stupid, uh, mansplainy and gross is is when he is around a woman. Because in the morning, he's like, I'll wake up, whatever, you know, blah. And he's even rational enough to not be fooled by Garfield with the calendar day switch. Uh, but then everything changes. I've got a date with my dream chick, got to impress her and make her my girl. So maybe it is really a commentary on how weak men are compared to women. I take it all back. This is the best of the three. <laughs> this is one of the most social commentary to go in. No, it's still gross. <laughs> it's still gross. But this is an example of how not to do. This is the bad idea, folks. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where you make a piece uh, showing how uh, horrible something is, but then the wrong people see it and take it the wrong way and kind of bolster it up as supporting their side of things. So I feel like there's going to be someone watching this and be like, no, that's how you treat women is you just hold your breath and, you know, trick them into coming to Thanksgiving for you. That's right. Garfield told me so. At least one person has almost definitely tried it. After yeah. watching this, even if it's just a repressed memory, it was just like, hmm, maybe this will work. Right? They don't remember where it came from. They're just know. like, I thought holding your breath, I don't know. At least we have grandma to help us fix a still very frozen turkey that we took out three hours before dinner was supposed to be served. Uh which he decides will now have to be prepared as croquettes, which are usually minced, but this turkey sliced with a mm. chainsaw. Mm-hmm. That's right, because John has a chainsaw in his kitchen and Grandma don't Flippity chippity around. <laughs> oh, I was convinced that that was Grandma's chainsaw. Oh, she brought it in her to-go bag. Right. She, kn- she knew that John wouldn't have a chainsaw, so she knew to bring it in the saddlebag of her uh, she motorcycle. She knew, one, that John doesn't have a chainsaw, and two, that turkey's probably still frozen because mm. she knows her own grandson and probably... I mean, living with Doc Boy and her own son. Yeah. I mean, maybe she just has a chainsaw on her all the time. It's maybe. a good thing to have on the farm. Sure. And she's a, a biker lady. You know, she probably gets into some scuffles Absolutely. down at the, the Whiskey Pig <laughs> or whatever uh, roadhouse she frequents. So Whiskey you know, Pig having, sounds good. Yeah, having some protection. And, like, the sign also has Orson on it. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> totally a drunk horse and it's one of those animated neon ones so it's like a pig holding a whiskey and then it's knocking it back and it has x's for eyes like a flat biker cap instead of a helmet <laughs> yes oh, you mean like from uh uh the wild bunch yeah <laughs> so grandma saves the turkey by battering it breading it and deep fat fry now we're out our turkey the white sauce make some bread and roll our mixture in the bread and deep fat fry deep fat fry deep fat fry music to my ears maybe the maybe the funniest garfield moment here where he starts chanting deep fat fry <laughs> yeah, deep fat fry <laughs> Uh, all right, so there was one laugh in this whole thing. See, that was the one for me. That yeah. was the sweet part. Next is the sweet part, too, because she's preparing the greatest sweet potato casserole I have ever seen. Mm. Are you a sweet potato fan? Oh, yeah, I do love a sweet potato. Like, baked just on its own, but also uh, prepared like that. Uh, maybe put some coconut in there, too. Uh, and, brown, and brown sugar is oh, really, really good. I was apparently uh, such a sweet potato fan as a toddler. My mom has told the story more than once that I started to turn a bit orange. <laughs> Is that possible? Apparently. Either that or like she got me with the Calvin's dad trick. Oh my God. And then you do tell all your friends this in college sure and they all laugh. See, it's the best thing. But they didn't correct me. They were like, really? It really is like uh, it's it's the one reason why I would have kids in order to lie to them <laughs> <laughs> until college. Because that moment when they come home and they're like, so guess what I learned? <laughs> that thing you told me. You just slap your was... knee. <laughs> I can't uh, believe you still thought that. <laughs> As you see that, uh, I think, was it last year or two years ago? Um friend uh, uh online friend of both of ours dinosaur dracula he actually made the sweet potatoes he did. Using... i had the note in here yeah he made the recipe it's butter brown sugar and marshmallows i'll put it in the show notes it's i i can't not be great right it i mean looks amazing especially the way that matt's just the marshmallows bubbled up like that yeah it's i mean Look, I I love a sweet potato plain as is. Love brown sugar, butter, good. Marshmallow, even better. Like, yeah, how can that be? That that has to be no fail. It can't not be amazing. It's a grandma yeah. recipe, right? Yeah, I mean, well, she did she did chainsaw a turkey into round slices, not removing any of the bones or gizzards, and deep fat fry it. So I take it with a grain of salt <laughs> that, it, that it could be more of a not great recipe, but. You know, uh, I think we can evaluate that one as being okay. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Mm-hmm. Did your grandmother have her own family recipes? Um, not really. My my father's side, uh, my grandmother and grandfather were were kind of like all American. In like, uh, they would make uh, just traditional you know, new American cuisine, pot mm-hmm. roast and uh, cream corn and things like that. My grandma on my mother's side only had one secret, secret recipe, uh, and it was for flan. And she got it from her friend, 
Uh, and she very rarely made it because the recipe was written in Spanish and she would have to translate that recipe as she worked on it because she knew Italian. So she could do that, made a big deal about it. And then one day, uh, my mom and I are in the grocery store and we pick up a box of flan, flan, typically a, uh, Spanish American Mm -hmm. treat. Uh, so Unlike most boxes of Jello, the back instructions, because again, this was like in the 80s, the, the back of the boxes instructions would just be in English. Today, they would be in multiple languages. But I, just, just just a context for your younger viewers. Yes. But Flan, being uh, more aimed at, at both markets, did have the recipe on the back translated into Spanish. Sure. And my mom and I just started laughing because my grandmother was talking about the back of the jello box <laughs> the whole time. Every time she was like, I had to translate it from Spanish. She oh, was, man. She was talking about the jello box. And again, one of those things that the lies you tell your kids <laughs> that they find out and find hilarious <laughs> later in life. How about you? Secret recipes all around? I have a whole book of my grandmother's recipes. She didn't keep them secret at all. But after she died, one of my cousins put together cookbooks for all the grandkids. So it's very nice to have handy. And you immediately uploaded it to the internet so that would never be secret recipes. (laughs) Yeah, right. The least secret recipes of all. What's uh, what's the best one in there that you've made? Uh, There's a recipe for a loaf of bread with raisins in it that I adored mm. as a kid. And sometimes it could be iced uh, at the top with frosting, mm-hmm. which I loved every time I went yeah. over there. Well, to, to your point with the, with the quick all American recipes, John's grandma does round out Thanksgiving dinner with pumpkin pie and split second cranberry sauce, which is mm. literally her covering Garfield's eyes and dumping a can of it into a bowl, mm-hmm. which fine. As far as I'm concerned, the best kind of cranberry sauce is cylindrical and has the ridges of the can molded into it. Yep. Got to have the ridges. I agree. I have had good cranberry sauces. Uh, I have, when I, when eating out at places, mm-hmm. I've never made a successfully good one on my own at home. And anytime I have a homemade one at someone's house, it's never as good as the cylindrical can no, method. No, it so, never is. Something yeah. about it, it's just... Yeah, unless the place you're eating at has a Michelin star, just buy the, buy the can of cranberry <laughs> at home. Like, no one's doing it better than that. Yeah. You're going to get hate mail now. People really hate that cranberry sauce, but... Mm-mm. Do they? Oh, yeah. Well, too yeah, bad. Yeah. You know oh, what's great? So you good. take that can, you slice like an inch thick slab, yep. and you put that on a roll. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that is it. Just like a sweeter tomato. Yeah, it's great. Put it on there. I think that's how they make like the gobbler sandwiches at Wawa and Earl Sandwich and places like that. <laughs> I just do that. <laughs> Got a can in the back, a really sharp Ginsu knife. They should make those cans uh, like chapstick so that you kind of twist the bottom. Oh, and man, the, they should. And, like and Pringles. Then you can just, yeah, or like deodorant. And you can just like kind of roll it onto the food that you want to spread <laughs> yes. it on. Like just a little bit more and on the turkey a little bit more. That'd be great. Or as singles that's just you toss them out like chips out of a poker dispenser. <laughs> 
So mm. grandma makes that, juggles some rolls of bread, biscuits, cobs of corn, mashed potatoes, sets the dining room table in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. And first off, I don't remember ever seeing John have a dining room before now. Mm. He always eats in the kitchen. I think uh, it's like the TARDIS. You have the rooms you need when you need them. <laughs> yeah. Uh. There you go. <laughs> Secondly, my favorite part of Grandma's lightning fast table setting is she lights the candles on the table as she sets out the food. Mm-hmm. So she's got her hands full of pile of food and sets it down left to right across the table. But as she does so, the candlestick goes from unlit to lit. Yeah. I think she took a swig of uh, grain alcohol before she went out. And then as she ran by, she just lit her breath. And yeah, so that's that's how that all happened. That was Look, it. she's she's badass. She's going to yeah. do things like that. Only grandma. <laughs> we get the old nice touch from Garfield. Mm. And grandma slips out the back door, but not before telling Garfield that Liz couldn't have found a better man than John, and she'd better not blow it. Mm. Is there something we don't know about this Garfield universe? (laughs) Right? Imagine all the other men in this universe for John to be the best one. I don't want to know about that appointment with the other guy in the waiting room with the dog that's also wearing sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) Or the guy with just a fish on his lap. There was a guy with just a fish on his lap. lap. Yeah. That was that was a callback to the strip. Uh, Garfield had an ongoing strip for a while where they were watching people who looked like their pets. And I feel that's what made me think okay. that this was just a pastiche of strips because that seemed like a very familiar gag from reading the strips. But again, I don't know which came first. You know, it's the, probably a little of column A, a little of column B. Yeah. Well, with Grandma gone, Garfield goes in to relieve John, who has put Liz to sleep with his history lesson. Her arms trapped around Odie, who's whimpering. Liz wakes up. John declares dinner served. The ruse is success. The dinner itself is set to our only other song of this special. It's a quiet celebration. It's a quiet celebration with family and friends. A time for counting blessings. A time to make amends. By the lovely Desiree Goyette who is also the original voice of Nermal. Oh. And so this is technically Nermal Sings, is what we're hearing. <laughs> it could be. Well, she's the okay. female singing voice and co-composer of every Garfield everything uh, with her current husband, Ed Bogas. Bogas? Bogus? It's not Bogus. Bogas. Bogus. <laughs> Bogas. But before that, she was married to producer Lee Mendelson. Who had also what? produced the Peanut Specials. So she showed what? up in a bunch of those in the 80s. Oh, wow. Have you ever seen It's Flash Beagle, Charlie Brown? Yes. Okay, well, she sings the main song from Flash Beagle. Uh, I I sing that main theme song uh, maybe five times a year. It goes <laughs> through my head. Uh, and that's a lot for a TV theme song from a special, a one-off special from the early 90s. Uh, yeah. Early, Boy, not, that's early 80s. Early, it's the is it early 80s, 80s Peanuts thing. Yeah, it's Flashdance, oh, okay. but with Snoopy. Oh, see, I thought that it was one of those things where they didn't get around to flat, making fun of Flashdance until years later. I need to look this up now. I'm pretty sure it's like 84. Mm, okay. This was on one of my earliest tapes. 84. Nailed it. 84, wow. yeah. 
he flies like a wild eagle. <laughs> flash, 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 beagle. <laughs> oh yeah, it's ugh, it's all coming back. Oh. You know why is so much of my brain given storage to these jingles and songs from things that I heard when I was five? I don't whereas... know, but I couldn't find my remote for a month. <laughs> But Flash Beagle's still up there. This is now there a Flash is. Beagle special. Was that set on a holiday? I gotta squeeze that in here. Mm. New podcast. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, shows that are in- inspired by Flashdance. Yes. <laughs> for the holidays. But, but that's it for Thanksgiving. Dinner happens yeah. to this song. Liz thanks John for a wonderful meal that she thinks he made because he's a liar. Yep. And agrees to come back next Thanksgiving before dinner, after the history lesson, before giving John a kiss on the cheek. And with Liz gone, we wrap up with John Garfield and a barking Odie declaring the one thing they're most thankful for and well-deserved Grandma. Mm-hmm. Who does not even get to eat the food she prepared. So your thanks means nothing. <laughs> You can thank people all you want, but you know what they need? Support. They need actual money and support. They do. Tell your grandma you love her. That's such a grandma move, though. Applaud all you want. This might be a veiled veiled criticism and commentary on the times we're currently going through. I know you want this podcast to be timeless, but you can applaud all you want. But maybe give support and maybe some money. How about some food? We never do see Grandma in Garfield again on TV. That's right, because she didn't get the support she needed. I'm not saying she's not there. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying, yeah, but Pat oh, Carroll's boy. still alive. Hmm. Well, it's time for her to come back. 93 years young, but she still picks up the phone when Disney needs a soundbite. Yeah. Wow. Do you think they just... Oh, uh, no, I don't want to, I don't want to make this sad. <laughs> they have her in cryogenic stasis oh, next to Walt's head. Well. And they just star out to say like, uh, and your voice will be mine. All right, back into the box. <laughs> Look, we're Until on our we fifth you. Mickey Mouse. We're not losing you too. Right. <laughs> you know how hard it is to find sound alikes? <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more time. This is for the Hallmark talking ornament. Say body language. <laughs> body language? Great. All right, back in the box. Horrible. I want that ornament now. I They have an ornament. It does not talk. But uh, uh, if it said body language, yeah, I'd buy that ornament again. <laughs> you kidding me? For sure. Just fill your trees up with body language ornaments. Oh, my God. And if they were all kind of synced up so that they would all sing like Poor oh, Unfortunate Soul. Each or one all... sings a different part of the song. Oh, my God. I mean, with the technology that they put into these ornaments these days, they have ones that talk to each other oh, and sure. sing together. Yeah. Like, let's make this happen. There let's you make go. this happen, Disney. Well, John tells his pets it's time to go out and walk off that meal. Garfield, with some effort, managed to roll off the couch. But Odie's too stuffed. He's not used to eating this much. And we end by coming full circle as John threatens to put Odie on a diet. Oh, I guess we should have mentioned that Liz calls off the diet for Garfield because he is now um, learned from John's ways and is now lying to the doctor about his symptoms. Yeah, and that happens 
like literally the after a commercial break, he's on the diet. A commercial break happens. Liz shows up and she's like, oh, we got to take you off of this diet, which again, just hammered home how pointless and meandering this story was. Oh, yeah. Like if the diet during Thanksgiving isn't even the point, then what is the point of of this of this whole episode? Everyone listening is asking themselves that as I continue to ramble on. What is the point of Jeff being on this episode? No, it's okay. <laughs> I wanted you on this one. We had to finish out the trilogy. To Liz's credit, she yeah. did say, I'd rather see you fat and healthy than skinny and suffering. Or I however guess. she worded it. I mean, fat and happy, but a much shorter life or skinny. Yeah, I mean... Look, how miserable do you want to make life uh, for yourself? Uh, the more miserable you make it, the more of it you have. Yeah, but, and it's like, Thanksgiving. What, yeah. What kind of trade-off is that? No. <laughs> but we end by coming full circle as John threatens to put Odie on a diet, and here comes Drill Sergeant Garfield with his whistle, and that's it. Everything wraps up quickly. Yeah. Any final thoughts on Garfield's Thanksgiving before we bury it forever? Boy, bury it forever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I will be rewatching this one. Funny enough, a couple of years ago when we bought the Garfield trilogy uh, of, of holiday specials, we watched, we watched them all. And after watching this one, my wife and I were like, eh, I don't think we need to watch that one again. And then along comes this podcast, oh, making a liar wow. of me. <laughs> well, sadly, I wouldn't have it any other way I love when your podcast makes a liar out of me <laughs> I'm touched <laughs> well, nice I, touch I think we've covered all the Garfield I can cover on this show unless I can figure out the national holiday of paradise world mm, I, that must be just like uh, August right? <laughs> that's it that's yeah. what August is for that's it <laughs> <laughs> But thank you, Jeff. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on, even when it's stuff like this. Oh, it's even more of a pleasure for me when it is stuff like this. Because, you know, I just I like getting my teeth into something and complaining. <laughs> <laughs> my complainy comedy stylings shine when I really hate something. So thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great. I'm glad I could uh, ride out the whole trilogy with you. Uh, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Wouldn't neither would I. You took the words right out of my mouth. Nice. Well, if people want to ask you out and hold their breath till you accept, where can they find you on the internet? No, don't oh. do that. But where can yeah. they find you? Uh, at Summer Jam, S O M M E R J A M. That's uh, pretty much me everywhere you look and see. Okay, and talk and shop. Oh, yeah, that too. I have a podcast called Talk and Shop. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I'm reminding them. <laughs> I'm reminding our listener. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's talking chop, no G two P's, um, and that's on Twitter as well. But if you follow me on Twitter, I retweet it. It's it's a podcast in which me and my friend Jonathan are rewatching every episode of American Chopper and overanalyzing it, and I hate it <laughs> the way God intended. Yes, right. But it's a it's a comedy podcast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you don't no uh, knowledge about motorcycles is necessary uh, because we don't know it. We don't know no. anything about motorcycles, but we're still doing it. So it makes give it, it a listen. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Be like a tap it. The hell's a tap it? I don't know. Perfect. 
Yep. Well, you can find show notes at adventcalendar.house. I am on Twitter at adventcalhouse and at fallwestmike. If y'all have a request for a future episode, send it my way. I got actual Christmas to plan for now. Uh, we will be back December 2nd with a brand new season of specials. Until then, for Jeff Sumaji from Dr. Liz's Waiting Room, sitting with a dog who's also wearing glasses, this is Mike Westfall saying, do be careful of the icy patch and tell your grandma you love her. Good night! <laughs> <laughs>